Hello and welcome to Curated Spaces, the podcast that explores the stories behind spaces reimagining how we stay, work and play. Join me, Molly Cooper, as I sit down with founders, owners and thought leaders to hear about their journey of bringing a space to life. Great spaces shape our lives. They inspire, nurture and connect us. But most importantly, they bring us together to share life's milestones with the people who mean the most to us. So whether you're a traveller, foodie or design seeker, join us as we celebrate the power of spaces and the brilliant people behind them. Valley on the edge of Exmoor National Park at the gorgeous Cove Valley. This rewilding project has a collection of cabins with gorgeous interiors, freestanding baths and incredible views over the treetops. I'm delighted to welcome Yolanda Cruz, who has been caring for this pocket of land for the past few years and launched the cabins earlier this year. Yolanda, welcome to Creative Spaces. So excited to have you here today. How are you doing? Thanks Molly and welcome. Yeah, lovely to have you here. Thank I'm doing you. really well, really pleased to have you. And we're here in one of the gorgeous cabins looking out over the treetops. It's really quite a magical space. I can't wait to hear more about it. But before we get into the space itself, I'd love to hear a bit about you and your background and how you've ended up here at Cove Valley. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so yeah, I'm Devon born and raised. Mm -hmm. um, so always had a real love for nature and wildlife and animals, really. Um, and so after having some career advice to not work in conservation or with animals, which apparently wasn't a good career choice, um, I decided to pull away from that and I actually went and studied animal science. And that was kind of a lot of different things, um, encompassing ecology and conservation and behaviour and stuff. So it really then helped to ignite mm -hmm. further that passion to help protect it, the natural world in some way. That's gorgeous and so nice to have a calling in life that's yeah. more than move to London and yeah. So and we're here in Devon, really in the heart of the of the area and I'd love to sort of set the scene a bit for people listening in about things to do around here and sort of just paint a bit of a picture um, of Cove Valley and the surroundings. Yeah, so as you said, we're in the X Valley, we're quite close to Exmoor National Park. Mm -hmm. um, so there's lots of amazing walks and things. It's still quite a rugged landscape, so it's quite hilly and you've got the, roll, the Devon rolling hills, so that's quite an attraction. Um, not far from the coast either so we kind of have a bit of everything really yeah, and i was driving here and it was through these amazing like curving roads around mm -hmm. the side of hills and then a little village would pop up and then you'd be back into the forest it was really yeah. almost like otherworldly it was beautiful yeah. Yeah, yeah, still quite rugged, which is nice. Yeah, and then obviously you get to Cove Valley and you jump on the back of that, would you call it a truck? Almost like an off-road golf yeah, buggy. Yeah, it's a, so it's a can-am, so it's an off-road buggy. Really. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And then a few more winding roads and then you get to the top of this incredible viewpoint just down over the hills and you can almost see the first cabin just perched on the hillside. It's yeah. really quite a special spot. So before we talk about the cameras themselves, I know you've had this land for four to five years, so maybe we should go into the history of that a little bit. Yeah, so we moved here um, about seven years ago. Um, we bought the house that we live in with about 30 acres and then we bought a bit extra from the neighbouring farmer. Mm -hmm. So then we had about 130 acres in total. Um, at that point, we were kind of doing what we thought most landowners do, good landowners do to manage the land. So we were cutting grass, we had some animals grazing the land. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we soon realised that 
this land in particular is quite steep, so it's not great farmland. Um, and so in order for it to become profitable, we kind of needed to put a lot more pressure on the land, which isn't something we really wanted to do. So yeah. then we kind of were exploring other ways of, of using the land in a kind of way. Um, and we, we'd already, Ben's family are quite involved, um, in rewilding already in Scotland yeah. and in Europe. So we already knew a lot about rewilding. Um, and we started spending a bit of time down at NEP, um, estate oh, yeah. down in Sussex and they have a much larger scale, um, project that's been going mm-hmm. for 20 odd years. So we kind of got a bit of inspiration from them and thought, could we recreate something similar here just at a, on a smaller scale? So we um, we approached a, a landowner that was next door and said, you know, would you be interested um, in putting the land together and increasing the size? So at the start, we had the two of us. And now more recently, we've got an, an extra person that's joined up to make kind of 300 plus acres wow. now. Um, so at the beginning, we just decided to take all the management off. So no animals were grazing the land. We stopped cutting or putting any chemicals or anything like that on any of the land. And kind of gave it a couple of years to rest and recover and sort of work out what was going to happen naturally on its own. Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting because each part of the land is slightly different. So you have wetlands, woodlands, grasslands. They all kind of regenerate slightly differently. So it's quite interesting to watch and just see what nature would do if left to its own accord. Um, So we did that for the first few years and we kind of got some wildlife groups in to do baseline surveys and give us an idea of what we were dealing with Mm -hmm. to begin with. Um, And then after a few years of rest, we started to introduce certain animals onto the ground. So similar to what they're doing at NEP, we're using domesticated versions of the wild animals that would have once roamed in large numbers across the landscapes here. So we've used longhorn cattle in place of the oryx. We've got ponies in place of tarpans we've got iron age pigs that are replicating the wild boar behaviors and then we've already got wild red and roe deer populations here so Mm. we're using all of those animals um to kind of help to create this more mosaic biodiverse habitat um the reason we use different animals and not one animal is because they all have different mouthpieces and they all do different behaviors on the land so Mm -hmm. They'll select different vegetation and forage. They'll trample around on the ground differently. They'll root rootle some hard ground over. They'll thrash around with their horns yeah. and kind of, and their dung is all different components. So it all kind of brings in something slightly different to the ground mm. and it, it prevents more dominant species taking over and allows more diversity to, to exist here. That's amazing. And actually I loved as we were walking over, you could look out over the neighboring farm that was like a proper farm. Yeah. And the difference between those neatly, you know, grazed green fields yeah. with a little pack, of, pack a herd of sheep, yeah. and then you see this sort of rugged tufts of land that was sort of your bit, or even the bits the farmer couldn't get to, yeah. which is how nature was yeah. just what you think of as the countryside is actually a very manicured, exactly. um, yeah. not natural state of the countryside yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was amazing to see. Yeah. And then let's talk about the cabins then, because they opened earlier this year. Yeah. And how did you think about going around and making spaces stay? So like you said, it's a very steep hill, like coming mm-hmm. down here. Um, what was it like getting them off the ground? So they were all built on site um, yeah. by an amazing team that would do building work on pieces of land that probably some would turn away from because it is quite steep in places um but the whole point of it was to be able to get people to come and be surrounded in the wilderness Mm. and to do that we kind of needed to position them 
in you know in the thick of the forest yeah. and on the sides of the hills and things so the cabins initially the idea came about because we thought you know we're doing all this amazing work here for nature but it kind of needs to make financial sense but also mm-hmm. it's quite nice to share it with people and inspire yeah. people and kind of you know use it as an opportunity to educate people into why we should be perhaps not farming all land but some land yes but other land we could be doing other things with mm-hmm. so um that's kind of where the idea initially came in into fruition yeah um and we also kind of wanted to show landowners that if they don't want to farm or if the land isn't doesn't make so much sense to farm there is other ways of diversifying mm-hmm. so that's kind of where the idea of the came, came from, from. and they're so beautifully made i mean they all have these huge picture windows and like looking mm-hmm. just past you now and you just have this incredible view of the balcony and the wood burner and then beyond that just trees and as we go into autumn now there's like the golds coming through it's just really stunning yeah um so when you start to think about designing them what was your starting point was it how do we see as much of this amazing countryside as possible or i know there's a bit of a wild west theme going on it feels yeah. like so where did yeah. that come from yeah so i think um again we wanted to create structures that don't stand out too much in the landscape. Mm. So we've used a lot of materials like the wood and the colors of the tin, things that kind of replicate and mimic mm. nature's palette yeah. really. So we wanted them to, yeah, to, to blend in and for people to kind of feel like they were part of nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the time we get that disconnection from the fact that we are part of nature. So that was definitely something we wanted to keep as a running theme throughout. So that's why we've got the big windows. It's kind of mm. like a, an outside feeling, but inside. Yeah. Um, my husband had a lot to do with the, the design of it. Oh, yeah. um, so I can't take too much credit, credit for that. <laughs> I'll be listening. Yeah. <laughs> for the exterior. And then we had a really amazing, uh, who's a good friend of ours, um, Tom Cox, who's part, he's one of the founders of Ham Interior. So yeah. He helped a lot with the with the inside stuff. So mm. again, we wanted everything to be quite um, complementary of of nature's what you see out the window. We wanted it to kind yeah. of be a running theme inside as well. And his style is very cabin, wild west kind of mm. Navajo. Yeah. So um, he's used some really cool colors and artwork and things to to create something quite special. Yeah, it's really cool. And like all the little artwork with real nods to the Wild West and mm. even outside one of the cabins, that incredible um, sort of bench made from old tree trunk. Yeah. And it's just all these gorgeous, like very earthy natural yeah. materials, yeah. but then really quite luxury when you get inside, like yeah. this beautiful green corduroy couch that you're sat on now and all the beds are just stunning with those like beautiful pillows. Yeah. Um, and of course, like we must talk about the outside baths. I just yeah. think they're so brilliant. And they're actually hot tubs, you were saying. Yeah, so they're wood-fired tubs. So yeah. you, you kind of, you, you sit in, well, you fill them up with cold water and then you light like a, it's like you would on a log burner. Mm. You fill this little box with logs and you keep that stacked up and that heats the water. Oh. Gorgeous. And the one, the cabin we're in now, you have to go back down on like a little trail mm. through some trees and it's freestanding on a little platform. So yeah. once you're in, all you can see is trees. It's just magical, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. And so once people get out here and they are literally in, in the middle of a valley, quite a steep hill up, what do, they, what do they do? Do they walk? Do they sit and enjoy the wood burners? Is it a real mix? Yeah. So we've, we've organized um, a few different trails that people can follow. So there's a map inside the cabins. Um, that you can you can you don't have to stick to the trails you can mm-hmm. kind of venture off and explore and see different animals 
we have a welcome book that kind of shows you the different um, animals you can expect to see and where oh. to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you if you prefer to stay inside, we've kind of made the cabins so you can use them all year round. They're very well insulated. They've got mm. cozy wood burners and yeah. nice soft furnishings and things. And hopefully everything that you would need if you don't want to go outside at all. Mm-hmm. They've got nice balconies where you can sit under the stars or have a wood yeah. tub. And we've also put lots of um, games and books and there's a few different wildlife um identification cards and things if you want to go for a walk and identify footprints or look at the birds and and work out what birds you're looking at so we kind of hope we cater for everyone if you want to go exploring or if you're quite happy just to sit with a nice book and relax yeah you can have your own safari if you fancy it you can just curl up with a bottle of red gorgeous and actually we were walking here and you you pointed and said there's a little sunset spot Mm -hmm where you can go up and just have this incredible view over the whole valley and yeah. just have a little sundowner, which is just yeah. lovely, and isn't all it? the cabins have picnic baskets in, so if you want to oh. stock up with a few bits and walk up, walk and, up. and watch the sunset, then oh. yeah, you can. And so what's the deal with food? Do people bring their own and cook here? or Yeah, so the cabins are self-catering, so they've mm-hmm. all got fully functioning kitchens yeah. and fridges and everything, and barbecues and things. So we encourage people to bring everything on arrival because it's quite remote. And if you forget yeah. something, it's quite a trick to go and get, get it. Yeah. But we do offer a few little essential welcome treats like bread, eggs, mm. milk yeah. and butter just to kind of get you going and tea and coffee and things. Yeah, but yeah ultimately you bring... Yeah. bring your food with you or we do provide barbecue boxes and breakfast boxes oh, which lovely. people can pre pre-order mm-hmm. yeah nice you need that first cup of tea don't you in the morning yeah, bed. yeah. <laughs> don't want to forget your milk no for that. no, no. well let's talk about the wildlife then because you were saying that you've got all the deer here but also beavers all the way down the stream that sort of mm-hmm. goes down the heart of the valley yeah love to hear a bit about what you were calling it the pen i think where you have them all running around um yeah so we so we have a good variety of wild animals. So the beavers are wild. Yeah. Um, and we have roe deer, red deer. We have a nice um, selection of birds of prey and owls. And mm. we have a nesting pair of goshawks, which are quite special to see from the cabins. Yeah. Um, and then we also have an enclosure that you mentioned, which has a few deer in at the moment, which are remnants of when we used to farm some animals here. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of now just keeping on top of the grazing within that pen. The pen is also set up for the pigs at the moment, uh-huh. um, who will eventually be moving across the whole site, but we're just kind of working out how Ooh. to keep them in. <laughs> at the yeah. moment, they're not quite so simple. Um, and also in that enclosure, we have a breeding program of white storks. Mm-hmm. So they um, are breeding pairs, which will eventually produce young for, for introductions. And are they a bit like swans and they pair for life? or? Um, they're quite selective as okay. to wh- who they choose. So we do need to have quite an, a number of them to, oh, really? um, for them to actually breed just because you put a pair together doesn't necessarily mean that they will breed. No way. So, um, yeah, they are quite, I'm quite picky, picky, <laughs> picky yeah. these storks. Yes. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that. Yeah, but they're amazing. And the yeah. sound of them clattering their bills as you walk yeah. through is, is quite, quite something to hear. Yeah. And I, I love this whole idea of just having... I mean, I know not the original versions, but all these animals just wandering around and mm. using the land as they would have yeah. without humans. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And then with the cows, you were telling me is you don't want to use fences, which I yeah. completely get. The collars are yeah. so clever. Yeah, they're really, really, really good pieces of kit, actually. They're the no fence collars. Yeah. So the cows at the moment can have full roam of the whole site. Eventually, we're hoping to do that with the other animals too, but these collars you can only use on on cows at the moment. Yeah. Um. So they 
work on the principle of a satellite and they are trained to respond to a sound that's played mm-hmm. to them if they go too close to the designated perimeter. So you can set it, it all works on an app on your phone and you can kind of set that where you'd like them to go um, and then they can just kind of mosey wherever they like and mm. hopefully they turn around when they play the sound and um, yeah, it's just so much easier than having it to put fencing up and yeah, yeah it's just meant that we can basically take all of our internal fencing down, um, just have one perimeter fence apart from the enclosure that we've got the pigs in at the moment mm-hmm. but yeah, that works really, really well. Which is brilliant, isn't it? A lot cheaper than fencing. I know, yeah. And better for nature. Better for nature. Yeah. And quite cool to see where they go. Yeah. Do you keep yeah, do they travel around you, a lot? It gives or? you a nice idea of like tracking on where they are spending most of their time. Yeah. So again, if you want to restrict areas from grazing, then you, it's really simple to do that. Like I need one of these for my cats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see what they get up to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could be good, wouldn't it? And children, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. See where they end up. And you were building some new enclosures for, was it the turtle doves that are coming? Yeah, so again, similar to the white stalks, um, we are currently building an enclosure to house turtle doves. Mm. So again, there'll be breeding stock that will eventually be reintroduced. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I just think the whole thing is such a brilliant idea. And it's so nice and so heartening to see there's an alternative to farming, like all this land, and yeah. especially now as people are more conscious about how they travel and where they travel and don't want to do as many international flights that you can have these really beautiful pockets of England that no one would otherwise be here in this valley Mm. and people can now come and spend a couple of nights and reconnect back with their own country and see some animals and you don't need to jet off to South Africa to you know go bird watching kind of thing yeah I think it's such an amazing idea Yeah. yeah and the model itself as much as it's I say we're not farming the land you know, for for other landowners, the, the model is there to still be producing meat on mm, the land, a, yeah. a much higher quality meat at lower stock density. So, yeah. you know, it's possible to still be farming land, but in, in a slightly different way. Yeah, farming and still promoting all this amazing biodiversity mm. and reintroducing animals and helping all the insects and the birds out. I just think it's brilliant. Yeah. And for our own health and well-being, yeah. spending time in nature is so beneficial. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us don't do enough of it. Yeah, well, we were saying, weren't we? I was like, I always hate going back to London after trips like this. And actually, yeah. just being here, it brings you such calm. You yeah. feel so re-energised and so refocused. It's so easy to have just be overwhelmed by like notifications and thoughts mm. and to-do lists and emails. And actually, you step out here and it's just so lovely to just stop and think. Yeah. And look at that view. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get old, actually. <laughs> yeah. And so let's talk about the seasons. I know you've just had your first summer. Congratulations. Yeah. And obviously going into winter now. And I can so see the appeal of hunkering down here. Yeah. Are you expecting to see people throughout the year or? Yeah. So we set the cabins up so that they're, they're really nicely insulated and they've got the fires and mm. everything. So they can be used all year round. Yeah. Um, and each season, you know, offers something different wildlife wise. So at the moment, because we're into autumn time, it's the deer rutting season. So uh-huh. it's quite a special time to come um, and just be in your cabin, but also go for a walk and listen to the sounds of the red stags roaring. So wow. they're all competing for territory and females at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounds a bit like Jurassic Park here oh sometimes gosh, wow. at the moment. But it's something that a lot of people wouldn't experience. And yeah. I do have to explain when people come, like if you hear some roaring in the middle of the night, don't worry, it's just a red stag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're quite magnificent animals. Yeah. Um, and obviously autumn is great with the colours and oh, everything stunning. that's changing now. So And nice to have a bit of a bit of 
a calm break yeah. before Christmas, before yeah. the whole festive madness kicks off. And yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. take that time for yeah. yourself. Yeah. And we were actually saying, says so three cabins at the moment. Yeah. I know we can talk about maybe future plans in a bit, mm-hmm. but quite nice to come and they're all so different each one has a really different sense of style and identity and you could almost come and try each one out and have a completely different experience um and could you tell people listening a bit about the names because I just think they're brilliant yeah so we kind of because of the whole um the running theme of the Navajo um (laughs) kind of tribal aspects to a lot of the the furnishings and things as well as um the culture itself we chose quite um native american names for each of the yeah. cabins so the top cabin um is called hopi which is named after the hopi tribe which means peaceful people yeah um and the cabin that we're, we're in at the moment is yukai which is um means deep valley because mm-hmm. we're in a deep valley um and then the, f- the third cabin which is a treehouse wooden cabin um we named chatan which means yeah. hawk because we're looking right over the the forest at where all of you you're likely to see most of the hawks and they both i think they all really sort of embody their names like the peaceful tribe is in such a quiet spot overlooking the whole valley it does yeah. have a real sense of calm here we are right in the heart of the valley it's like mm-hmm. a super steep little slope down and all you can see these trees sort of spreading upwards yeah and then you can it does feel like a tree house, we were saying. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like when you're a child and you have a vision of your perfect tree house, like that's what you think of. And there's yeah. that incredible little statement circle picture window just peeking out and just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, so special. So, yeah, looking forward. I know you said you've got planning permission for three more cabins mm-hmm. and you're currently thinking that through. What yeah. does the next sort of, I know you've, well, you've only, only been going six months really, but what does the next six months and beyond look like for you and what would you like to see more of um, in the space? Yeah, so we so yeah, we did apply originally for six cabins. We thought we'd only get planning for three, but we actually mm-hmm. did get the whole six. So we're just kind of weighing up now whether we put in for these these extra three. Yeah, uh, I think it would be nice. Um, we're just kind of working out financially if we can do yeah, that for a course. minute but yeah I think the plan will be to probably expand um yeah. we also have um a nice six meter yurt um up on the mm-hmm. top of the site next to the stone circle that we put in so we'd quite like to explore using the land for ceremonies and yeah. more retreat ta- style um yeah uh, things like yoga retreats and or mm-hmm. art retreats there's so many different things we could offer the space for yeah um as well as potentially getting guests more involved with seeing the the animals here. So with the, mm-hmm. the turtle doves and the storks and things, whether we can yeah. do nature safaris and things. So lots. We have so many things we'd like to do, but we're kind of trying to yeah. slow ourselves down a little bit. Yeah, you don't want to take too much and run too fast, do you? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I get that. But no, well, congrats for getting your planning commission. I feel like that's yeah. often the hardest bit. It's, that's what we thought. Yeah, we were quite surprised at how, how yeah. easily we got that. Exactly. And at least you've done all the all the heavy work, the foundations. The, cause you were saying you had to get electricity and water yeah. all the way yeah, down here, which is a big feet yeah so yeah well I wish you all the best for the future I'm so excited to see what comes and hear about how all the animals get on um I feel like it's such an exciting time ahead and it's been such a pleasure chatting about it um before we do go I do of course have a little game of dream spaces to play um I'm going to ask you three prompts and you just need to let me know what space comes to mind imagine you won the lottery cash that check millions <laughs> of no object um the first one is where are you running away to to detox disconnect from it all and have a bit of me time that's a good question um I think it would be either Costa Rica or Nairobi probably oh, that's lovely. gonna go somewhere yeah 
Have you been to either of those before? I haven't actually, but mm. it's definitely on the cards. That's very cool. Yeah. I yeah. feel like a few people have said Nairobi actually. Oh really? Yeah, it's having a bit of a moment it feels. Oh nice. And Costa Rica, obviously lovely. Yeah. Are you a surfer or? No, I'm not. It would be more for nature going out to see all the wildlife. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were saying it feels quite rainforesty here. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so yeah. channeling a bit of yeah. Costa Rica here in Cove Valley. <laughs> the next one's slightly different. Um, your ultimate birthday party, where are you hosting it? Oh, my ultimate birthday party. Good question. I'm quite a home bird, so I'd probably, yeah. probably, I'd probably say at home, yeah. to be honest. You know what? A lot of people say that. Yeah, and that's in the summer, fine. although my birthday's in March, so it'd have to be maybe a delayed one. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, a nice summer party at home. Oh, well, yeah. well, you call that view over the whole valley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all my animals around me, because that's when I'm happiest. Oh, I still can't get over <laughs> the deer. I'd probably invite the animals and not. And then finally, your once in a lifetime bucket list trip. Where are you heading and are you staying anywhere special? Oh, it'd probably be similar to the first answer, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would be, or maybe I'd be going somewhere jungly um, and going on, on wildlife checks, I think. Oh, gorgeous. I mean, it's always wildlife or animals. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. See, I think I'd do that. Am I jungly? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Have you been to any cool jungles? Or I haven't, actually. It's time no, to get out there. Definitely. Yeah, do some tracking. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, I hope you get your trip to the jungle. And if not, well, you've I'll got... in the jungle here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for showing me around all these gorgeous cabins. You're all welcome. the best for the next chapter. Yeah, thanks. thanks for being here. I've been chatting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Curated Spaces podcast. For more information and content around any of the spaces we feature, head to our website or Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to have new episodes delivered straight to your inbox every Wednesday. And if there's a special place in your life that you'd like to hear on the Curated Spaces podcast, please do get in touch as we're always on the lookout for more brilliant spaces to share with the world.